Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning. My name is Promise, and you're listening to Day Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're so glad you could join us. But before we get into it, let's open up in prayer. Mm-hmm. Lord, just thank you for today. Just thank you for giving us your word, Lord, and just making where you give us the Holy Spirit, Lord, so that we're able to understand it. Lord, I also just thank you for allowing us to spend this time together, Lord, so that we're able to edify each other. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Good morning and welcome, everyone. We're glad to have you with us as we continue to study the Word. And right now, our study is in in Acts, and we are still currently in chapter 8. And we are going to reread the scriptures from yesterday. Before we begin, I just want to thank you for joining us, and I especially want to thank our partners and their heart for the Lord, to just be obedient to what he's saying and leading them to do and to say. Uh, especially want to thank them for partnering with us to carry out this and fulfill what the Lord has given this ministry to do, which is to build the Lord's house and to preach and teach the gospel throughout the four corners of the earth. So thank you for your prayers, for sowing into the ministry, for liking these episodes, for subscribing on the number of platforms, and for sharing this with others so they too can grow in relationship with our Lord. And John, as you're telling people about that, as they like these episodes, they also, if, if they do like these episodes, aren't there some more uh, resources that they can dig into now that they should know about? There, there are, yes. Um, we have continued to revamp our, our blog site, or, or our blogs on our website, which is adayofprayer.org, and we are releasing, or we have released, we have two additional podcasts, I'll say it in that way. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Uh, there is Live in the Messiah's Love, which is hosted by Kamisha. And actually, as of Sunday, the 25th of September, we have begun uh, what's uh, another podcast called Matters of Life. Each of them are a little different, um, still focused in on the word and how it pertains to our life. Um, but the with Live in the Messiah's Love, It's mostly focused on how to live in his love, how that applies and what that looks like in our lives. And Matters of Life is focused on current events and issues in our day, and not just the issues, but solutions, biblical solutions that he's already, the Lord has already given us in his word and how we can walk in that and see a change in every facet of our life, whether that's family, faith, government, business, arts, media, education, how it applies to us today. So just encourage you to check those out. And, you know, as, as always, you can always email us at ministry at a day of org and give us your feedback and connect with us. And, you know, we, which we'd love to do. We'd love to connect with, with the listeners and people that are being blessed and ministered to, you know, by this ministry. And, you know, um, yeah, let's just connect and let's continue to discuss the word together. So, um, that being said, we ready to get into the word? Yes. All yes. right. Can I get a volunteer to reread from Acts 8, 
verses 9 through 25, please. I will. All right, Layla. But there was a certain man called Simon who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. And they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. But when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself also believed, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed, seeing the miracles and signs which were done. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Spirit it was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power also, that any one on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, Your money perish with you, because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of this your wickedness, and pray God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. Then Simon answered and said, Pray to the Lord for me, that none of the things which you have spoken may come upon me. So when they had testified and preached the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel in the many villages of the Samaritans. Amen. Now, Layla, we left off with you, and I know you did not get to finish or complete everything the Holy Spirit had for you yesterday. So I want to, I know we normally open up the floor here, but let's continue with, uh, actually, I'll open it up to you first to lead that and uh, to continue sharing what the Holy Spirit was speaking and ministering to you. And so with the conditioning as the Lord would phrase it, we teaching the people and um, and many scriptures in many places in scripture, God talks to his his children, the children of Israel about teaching the people the difference between the holy and the profane, God's statutes and the common and that was their role and their purpose. And then sometimes he'll say, you've done this well. Let's move on to the next things. And sometimes he says, you, you, you teach the people rebellion. Like in the case of Moses, at his error at, uh, was it Meribah or was it Kadesh that he struck the rock the second time? Meribah. Meribah. So he was supposed to speak to the rock, but because he was angry and let his emotions get out of line, he struck it instead. And when God told Moses why he couldn't go into the promised land he said it's because you taught the people rebellion mm -hmm. us looking at it we wouldn't have thought that but god sees the heart and he sees what happens in the spiritual realm when we do certain actions or don't do certain actions and that is a case of conditioning so as we follow the lord and we allow his glory to shine through us we condition we teach those around us that this is the path that you should be taking this is how you live and carry yourself we are an epistle written by God and read by all men. 
So as such, we should be displaying that. And that's the message the readers, if you will, receive and perceive when they see us. And then on the opposite side, on the other side of conditioning and teaching the people rebellion and wickedness is teaching them that you don't need God. You don't need his principles. He lies to you. He cheats. He isn't who he says he is. And I'm God. As in the human either saying I'm God or something else is God. Like we see the Egyptians, they had like a billion different gods that, you know. They were considerable, but many cultures have that. Exactly. And they're teaching people to become fixated, if you will, on that and put their hope and their trust on the object or the human, whatever it is, instead of teaching them how to you know, be God's child, his son or his daughter, be his servant and be willing to do it. Like um, sometimes we see Christians that or how about this? We say the Pharisees, they will they would travel the world to proselytize one person, make them twice the son of the devil. They teach these laws and these statutes, but there is oppression with it. And God told the lawyers, you will put a burden on somebody else that you wouldn't lift a finger to do yourself. So they're oppressive. And when people are oppressed, God told me that that is a stem that helps bring bitterness in. And that's where that, that, that comes up, that root. I, I asked him why. I was like, how he became bitter. It was because of the oppression and he was tired of it. But he didn't know where he could look and where he could go to get the right answer. He had been taught money power status that's all you need in life and you'll be good and god was telling me that's 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 not it and i'm getting ready to you know transition into adulthood so i have i have questions for him and i'm looking at the other people in the world i'm like well this is what they're saying but here's the evidence and my parents are like if you have a question ask and ask the lord to reveal those things to you because he doesn't want us to go blundering and stumbling and that's also why he gave you suffering. Parents. Mm-hmm. So that's also why he gave you parents. So we, your parents, could teach you what is godly and holy mm-hmm. before him. Exactly. Right? So you can live out, apply and walk in his ways, right? Yes. Now there's a there's another thing that you brought up, right? He may have learned these things, right? Things that are in opposition to the Lord. Uh, has you know how to phrase it um things that that ultimately resulted in oppression and bondage right yes however we see here and and our brother dean brought this up um in one of the most recent podcasts is that he was given he was being taught how to repent and come into alignment. What so in other words, what he must do in order to receive the Lord's grace and his forgiveness and his mercy. So now it's is different because now there's a choice. All right, and we can go back, I'll say even throughout literally the entire Bible, but we'll we'll go to Moses and the children of Israel in the wilderness. Because you, you brought that up, right? Mm-hmm. And with Moses and Aaron at Mirabah. Now, that is significant for a number of reasons. One, because what did the people say tell Moses to do? 
the Lord has always asked the same thing, which is a, for a personal, deep, and intimate relationship with each and every one. The people didn't want that. They said, Moses, you go and receive the word of the Lord, because if, if we go, we'll die, we'll perish, right? There was fear, yes. right? Yes. Fear prevented them from entering into relationship, their own relationship with the Lord. So now Moses is left to teach them. There is no choice in the matter because the people wouldn't just receive many, not all, right? Because there's still Joshua, um, and Caleb. Joshua and Caleb, right? And Joshua never left the tent of meaning. He just remained in the presence of the Lord as we all should, right? Now, yes. Moses was there to receive the word of the Lord and to teach the people. So on the one hand, I'll say in the natural, we can look down on Moses and say, take the word of the Lord and say, well, you didn't teach the people right, right? Which is what the Lord said. Yes? Yes. But here's the thing. It wasn't, I'll say it in this way. The people still had to receive the lesson. And Moses gave a great many lessons that he received from the Lord to the people. But Moses' requirement is, is the requirement for everyone. There's one standard in the kingdom. And that's to be obedient to what the Lord says. To say what he says to say, to do what he says to do in the manner with which he said to say it and or do it. That is the only standard. We see that pattern example set forth in Christ. But that's the standard for all. Yes, he gives forgiveness, absolutely. He, he didn't strike Moses down immediately. But he still acknowledged you fell short here because you knew what was right to do and didn't do it. So it's sin. Right? Yes. So that's the standard for all, for every single person there. Not just Moses, not just a select few. We're all supposed to be teachers of what's right. Right? Yes. I mean, look at what Paul writes later um, in the New Testament. And he says, by now you should be teachers. But we're still here discussing the milk of the word, the infantile things. You're not yet ready for a solid food. We each are supposed to learn to receive from the Lord, to learn to grow in his ways so we can then help others in the future generations, right? Yes. After us to learn and grow in their relationship with the Lord. Mm -hmm. How can we do that? How can we accomplish that, fulfill that if we're not teaching them rightly? And, and I don't mean just by our words, it's our words and our actions, not just, right? Uh, you show me your faith and I'll show you my works, right? Or you say you have faith and some says they have works, but it's the faith working with the works. It is those things put together that the Lord testified about Abraham, that it was accounted to him for righteousness, but also that he was the friend of God. And it wasn't the works of the law. It was no. the works that demonstrated that he believed God. How, how could it be the works of the law? What Ten Commandments did Abraham have to follow? None. No, he had a personal relationship with the Lord, which is what the Lord required the entire time from each of us. And the Lord said to him, walk before me and be blameless, not be without sin per se, but walk before God with a perfect heart that you're willing to hear what he has to say and do what he tells you to do walk before him and mm -hmm. strive after God and do what he's asked you to do with everything that's within your being. 
Um, you, you brought up the children of Israel and that they sent Moses up the mountain because they were afraid. And I would just have to kind of clarify that and say, not that they were afraid, but they were lazy. There's they that didn't as well. want to go through the process of being sanctified. They didn't want to put forth the effort to do what needed to be done to come before the presence of the Lord in the right and proper way. So they sent an easier route. Uh, there's no reason to be afraid of God if you were doing what he asked you to do. I'm not afraid of him in a terror terror sense. I respect my God. I respect my father. I revere his holiness and his sovereignty and all of all of the fullness of who he is. But I'm not terribly like in terror of him because first John tells us that I was going to say that's that's written in first John. Okay. Thank you. Perfect love casts out all fear. I know his love for me and I know my love for him and I respect what he says to do. So I have no reason to be afraid of my God that he's going to harm me. I have no reason to be, to think I'm going to be on the wrong side of, of judgment. I have no reason to think that because I'm willing to do the things that he says. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. He made that very clear. He's easy to love and he lays it out. You don't have to figure out how Jesus wants you to love him. He said, keep his commandments. That's really simple. Um, so I just wanted to touch on that. We have to be willing we have to be willing to come the way God says come. And it we cannot hold it as burdensome. That's what First John tells us. We, his commandments are not burdensome. It's how we look at it that makes the difference. And also, I wanted to read this to you because you brought up um, bitterness. Hebrews chapter 12, mm-hmm. uh, verse 14 through 17 says, Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau, who for a morsel of food sold his birthright. For you know that afterward, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place for repentance, though he sought it diligently with tears." So I think that goes really yes. well with what we're talking about here in Acts Amen. of, you know, bitterness. And and really, uh, I've shared this with you all. Desperation comes from not receiving something God gave you in the moment that he gave it to you to receive. So if you're feeling desperate, um, like grasping at things, a and, and I'm not talking about towards God, but even that he's always with us. So if you feel like you don't have him. You didn't receive what he came to present to you. He knocks at the door, open it and sup with him. So that desperation, I got to get it at any cost. I got to, I'm willing to lie, steal, kill, kill, cheat and do whatever I need to because I'm missing something. I need something and I have to be my own source of supply comes because we failed to receive something God already provided to us in the season, in the moment that he provided it. So this bitterness that he's feeling of, I don't have what I need is because something was lacking, but not lacking because God didn't supply it, but lacking because he didn't receive what had already been supplied. So that leads to bitterness. And then that bitterness causes defilement, which now he's in bondage to iniquity because he's thinking he's got to meet his own needs when God has already supplied that. And case in point, do we remember when Jesus spoke with the woman at the well? Yes. Yes. The yes. the Samaritan woman. And he spoke with her and told her about um, who she was and, you know, uh, famously the the water that she would never dr- uh, thirst again. 
the living mm-hmm. water and famously told her about the husbands that she had and none of them were the ones that God chose for her? Yes. Yes. So the word had already gone into the region because she went back and told everybody and they came out to meet Jesus, right? Yes. Yes. So the word had already been preached in the region. That's why in verse 10, they're going, this is the great power of God. That's, that's big G. That's our God. So they're looking for God, but they're taking a substitute. So when the Messiah came and the word was preached, the set receiving it the way that it needed to be received didn't happen at that time. So now bitterness has a way to come in that desperation that leads to bitterness that leads down this trail. Now there's, there's bondage and being trapped in iniquity. When that didn't need to be the case. Right? Yes. Didn't need to be the case. So they're looking for God, but not receiving him in the way that he needed to be received for them to have the, um, the redemption and the freedom from the oppression, the freedom from the bondage that they were experiencing. And, and back to Hebrews chapter 12, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. And which is again, what Peter was talking about. This is the grace of God. Um, let's see. The, and he calls it here in verse 20 of Acts chapter eight. He says, but Peter said to him, your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. Grace is another word for gift. It's something that we don't, des- we don't deserve it. We haven't earned it. It's not merited by something we've done, but it's a gift from God. So he failed to connect with the grace of God and just take that and let that be the answer, his all in all, and insisted on doing something that was not right. Now, this is the same presentation that all flesh has. Sin nature looks the same in everyone. Simon is not a unicorn. He's not the bane of anyone's existence because he, he had this issue because it all looks that way, whether you put it on marriage and picking your spouse, whether you put it on uh, where you live, whether you put it on your children and you're worshiping them as idols, all of it looks the same. All of it is a stench in the nostrils of God if we elevate anything to the place that rightfully belongs to him. And he has still said there's one way, there's one door, that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's not just coming through the door and now you just stand there and that's it. Continuing on the path, the path is the one that's set by God, not what we think the path should be. I got saved, so now you can bless my my will and my wrongdoing. That, that's not what God is. That's not what he's saying. So just keeping that in mind, it's receiving the grace. And re- when you receive the grace in the season that God gave it, because you're looking carefully, because you understand that these things will happen if you don't, then that leads us to a place where we are not being lazy towards the things of God, not hoping someone else will make it easy and bring it to us, but we're putting forth the proper effort. Because unlike Mr. Simon here, even though the Messiah in the flesh came to the region, he touched them and he, he did reserve some more preaching for the apostles and the time that would go on. Even though that happened, we have the word of God here in front of us. It's our responsibility to get into the word. It's our responsibility to seek God, not seek a sign, not seek ease, a life of ease and easy days, but to seek the true and living God. And search his word, listening and letting the Holy Spirit make his will known to us and clarify and give understanding of his word, but fellowshipping with him. Jesus is the word on a daily basis. That's our right. 
And it's a privilege, but it's also our responsibility. Amen. We have a role. We have a role. That's the way the Lord designed it. What will we, and that role comes from our choice. Will we choose him and his ways? Or will we attempt to choose our own and substitute them for his Mm-hmm. Or blame God because it's not deep enough. You will have the level of relationship with God that you want. Amen. He's not going to force it upon you. If you want to go deeper with God, you want to know his ways and not just his hands, pursue him through his written word. Pursue him through salvation in the name of the Lord Jesus Amen. Christ. Pursue him through fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And find a word, uh, a, a, a church, a body of believers that believes the word of God. And get in, get in with. Um, that, will, that will encourage you. That will help Amen. you grow. The, in, faith. And, in faith. In faith. So, not just any church, but a church that has mature and seasoned believers that are strong in their faith and living out their faith. Amen. And you, on your personal time, you seek God out because there's not going to be a crowd standing before the Lord saying, "We did this for you, Lord." And and the creepy unison that was on the kids next door right. no you're not going to do that it's an individual thing you go after him just like the children of israel in the wilderness could not have a relationship with the lord through moses and you they can't have, have one through crowd. exactly you cannot have one through anyone else it is a personal relationship it is you and the lord one-on-one one-on-one which is how he desires it mm-hmm. you i'll say receive him as as he is and who he is is lord and savior King of kings and Lord of lords. And you acknowledge him in his rightful place in your life. Then you have the opportunity. You you will have received the gift to be a son and daughter of the Most High God. To be joint heirs with Christ. Mm -hmm. I encourage you to pursue him. And if you have questions, please reach out to us. Mm -hmm. Either Directly through email at ministryatadayofprayer.org or through our website, adayofprayer.org. We'd love to connect with you. We'd love to, to, to help you mm-hmm. grow in relationship with the Lord. That's literally what this ministry is about. Mm-hmm. So um, we're going to pause there for today mm-hmm. and allow the opportunity for the Holy Spirit to minister to you and allow you the opportunity to search out the scriptures and things that we have been talking about to, hey, to see if they're so. But also, I'll say most importantly, to make them personal to you. So, that being said, can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, LaCharles. Lord, we just thank you for today, Lord. And we just thank you for your infinite wisdom and knowledge, Lord. And that we do not understand everything, Lord, but that you continue to show us, Lord, and giving us things to digest and to understand and ask you about, Lord. Lord, we also just thank you for those who are in our lives, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. We hope you've enjoyed listening to A Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. This year, Pastor John and I are believing for 1,000 new partners to believe God with us and join in the work of the ministry. God is doing great things through A Day of Prayer, and we want you to be a part. If the Lord has placed on your heart to partner with us, please contact us online at adayofprayer.org. Click on the menu and select partner. Complete the form and we'd love to hear from you. Thank you again. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.
Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.